beautiful people across the globe. We just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. What's good, Kickback family? Guess what? Your boy E.B. is here, and I'm back. And um, I'm going to start off by saying, let's normalize naming countries. Like, I'm tired of people saying, I went to Africa. Yes, I did go to Africa. But when people come to North America, you don't say that. You say they went to to uh, Canada, they went to the U.S., they went to one of the Caribbean islands, but you'll name them specifically like Haiti or Bahamas or Jamaica or, you know, just... You, you directly say the country. So I'm just going to say, let's normalize that. It's about 54, 55 countries on the continent of Africa. And your boy mm. came back from the East Coast of what most people will say, Tanzania. If you go ask them, Tanzania. And others of them, their accent is so strong that I'm not even going to try to play with them people like that. Because <laughs> they're my people. And you usually don't play with your people. You play with other people. Okay. Um, so I have had a chance of being in Tanzania for a week, but your boy is back. And before we talk about a little bit about my trip and where I was in the different parts of that country I spent time in, we just gonna say, Sharika, who we inviting to the table? Who coming to the kickback today? EB, you really have been gone for a long time. We have <laughs> missed you, but before we get to the invite, can we talk about how we doing? Can we give our temp check? I mean, you just wanted to get right into it. You missed us that bad. You was like, let's just get to the meat of this. You don't even want to know how we doing. You haven't seen us. You haven't talked to us, EB. I actually, seen, I actually seen you yesterday. You um, saw me? I did, and I'm going to put your business up. You came in around about, a, about 8.45. You uh, so <laughs> <laughs> just because you forgot to do the temp check, don't mean you gotta call me out. <laughs> I see. I was sitting in my car doing my, my girl got a new job. She already showed me out. So you sitting in your car watching me come in. So that means you devotions. was out too. I was doing my Yeah, you can do your devotions at your desk. Oh, you should have did them at home before you came in. So don't call me out, At least I'm making my way in. You sitting in the car. Turned out, turned out. Edie saw me yesterday, too. I was just about to say, and then I saw my dog, Sabrina, yesterday. Um, we had a long, uh, I don't say long, but it was like a seven to eight hour training, which was, was very, long. very informative. <laughs> um, it was kind of long, um, but it was informative. So I would say as a disclaimer, and I'm going to probably talk about it towards the end of it. Well, I'll just expand on it later. Um, but yeah, my bad, y'all. Temp check, I'm doing great. I don't know what the perfect weather is or the perfect degree is, but I can tell you guys. That whatever that perfection is, that is how I'm feeling. Um, I don't do drugs, but for those of you who do, hey, more power to you. Handle your business. Do what you feel is best for you, even though I don't agree with that. Uh, but whatever that perfect feeling is, that is how I'm feeling after coming back from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. Because mm. I am feeling good. I am feeling great. It's just like, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it, of course, when I talk about the trip. But how about for you guys, um, Sharika, Sabrina? What's y'all temp like? I was feeling good till you tried me this morning, <laughs> but I am great. I am doing well. Um, you know, I I just feel like it, 
there's most days I don't have much to <clears throat> complain about. And today's one of those days. I'm grateful just to be alive, y'all. I'm grateful to have breath in my body. And I'm grateful for another day to serve the Lord. I know I sound so churchy, but that is just, when I wake up in the morning, those be my first thoughts. And also, why is it so early? But besides that, I'd be just happy to be awake. I'd be happy to be alive. And so I'm grateful to God. So I, I will give myself a good 92 degrees, even though, you know, I think that's perfect for most people, but it's a little hot for me. But, you know, when the Lord's shining rays are on you, you know, you feel a little warm inside. So that's what I'm going to say. My temp is, and uh, I'm going with joyful, joyful. Because I said, if I'm going to go churchy, let's take it to the church song. Give me joyful, joyful. Sabrina, how are you doing? Have you guys ever seen Alice in Wonderland? Uh, hmm. I've, really? Um, what do you mean? I feel like I've seen one of them versions of it. I feel like there's so many versions. Okay, so y'all may or may not get it, but the little white rabbit, he's known for saying, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Yeah. That is my vibe because I've only been awake probably for about 15 minutes. Uh, I was, to be fair, awake at 530 because that's what time my husband gets up to leave for work. And I usually, my body's just used to being up. Something in my spirit was like, you have something to do today. Get up. But it just didn't happen. <laughs> then when I woke up at 7.30, I was literally about to reach for my devotion. And then I saw like 18 texts on my phone. And I was thinking, man, sometimes the people I work with, they're so annoying. They'll be, they had to be texting me all night. Y'all, it was the kick that we were meeting in like five minutes. I was so thankful when Sharika was like, I'm running a little behind because I was like rushing out of bed. I had to set it up. I had to send them the code. I was trying to act like I was locked and ready to go. Like, hey, y'all ready? Knowing I had only been awake for two minutes. Right now, I got the mute on because as soon as Sharika goes into the invite, I'm going to floss brush my teeth, get ready for the day. I'm going to be doing this and getting ready for the day because I literally need to be out of my house in about an hour because I have a whole job. I have stuff to do at that job today. I don't know why I thought it was Saturday. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to blame getting my COVID shot this week. Yes, you guys, praise God. I got part one of Pfizer. It's, it's Pfizer, right, y'all? Pfizer, I think. It's Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer. Yep. And the only uh, the only effect I've had from it is missing my days of the week. And I blame that long meeting we had <laughs> yesterday, Evie. It just took everything out of me. But that's my vibe. I, I'm just trying to catch up. I'm in rush mode. You know how you know how you be just waking up in a flurry and you be pretending you got it all together. I can tell I don't. So <laughs> forgive me in advance. I'm still waking up and getting ready for the day. But I'm happy to be I there. I have been there. <laughs> I, I have been there before. I will see you by 10, Sharika. <laughs> That's all right. I, I'm not going to call you out like some people might. But I will say I, I have had that morning on the kickback before I woke up. I had that. I had the text was like, oh, you guys right now? I was like, uh, give me five because I, I literally just opened my eyes. So I have been there before. I know that feeling. So today, guys, we are going to be talking about travel. I know we usually drop our little subjects a little later, but I wanted to say that because it goes into my invite. 
And um, the woman that I want to talk about today, because we're still in March, we're still in Women's Month, and don't you forget it. So I wanted to talk about this woman, and um, please forgive me if I do not pronounce her name correctly. <clears throat> her, I am <clears throat> going to say her name is Junko Tabi. That's I'm going to. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Hopefully, I am correct, but I will give the spelling just so that if you know better or you can look it up, if you want to look it up, you can. It's J U N K O. Junko is how I pronounce it. And then the last name is T-A-B-E-I. So I wanted to tell you about this woman because I was uh, researching um, someone to talk about today. And I found this woman and I thought uh, she was amazing. So she is a climber. I don't know much about climbing. I don't usually do the hiking, the climbing. Those are not my things, but <clears throat> she is a climber. She started climbing at the age of 10, going on a class trip to Mount Nasu or Nasu, N-A-S-U. And she became, she obviously got into it. So she started at 10 with the class trip, she got into it. And she became the first woman to summit Mount Everest. She also founded the first um, Japan's first ladies climbing club in 1969. And in her lifetime, she has reached the summit of more than 150 mountains in 76 countries. And I thought that was amazing. Like I said, I'm not into climbing. I'm not into uh, those kind of activities with the hiking and all that, but I do admire people who have dedication and hard work, like in these death-defying scenarios, you're putting your life out there. And I always hear how beautiful the scenery is at the top of the mountain, mountain and that, but the journey to get there, it is not easy. It is scary. It is life threatening at moments, but to see that this woman um, was able to reach the summits of 150 mountains, like that is amazing to me. And gone to 76 different countries, which goes into our travel talk today. Um, I thought she was amazing. I, I think you guys should do more research on this woman because you don't hear a lot about climbers. I, well, I would say I don't care a lot about climbers. I don't know a lot about it, <clears throat> but when I was researching her, I thought it was very interesting. Um, so we always like to give you a little teaser about these people we invite because we want y'all to be educated and go do more research and learn about people that maybe you haven't heard about. And the last thing I wanted to say when I um, to say about this invitee, she is like um, of Asian descent. <clears throat> and so I also wanted to mention through, the, through these times over the past year or more, um, we have seen a rise in the um, attacks against Asians, uh, people of Asian descent and, and Pacific Islanders, um, especially because a lot of the hateful rhetoric that our former president shared, uh, when, especially when it came to the coronavirus. And these attacks have grown over the past year. And so I just want to leave you guys with, let's stop hating people. Let's stop the rape 
Let's stop the violence. Let's stop the killing. We've been talking about this for years. We've been talking about this over the last year with people of color. Now, I mean, uh, Black people, African Americans, whatever you want to call us. And now, you know, it's increased in other uh, races as well, which has not been new. We, we've known that, but I just wanted to highlight this woman, but also bring awareness to things that I know are that are uh, harmful and prevalent going on or going um, happening towards their community. While I wanted to share about her, I wanted to also share. And if you see people doing things that they shouldn't be doing or harassing people or being harmful to people, if you don't feel comfortable intervening in like jumping in the way, but do something to distract, do something to protect someone, call somebody 911 or yell out or scream or something. but. If you see people harming people, step in if, if you can and do something to help. But also let's pray for this community who are, who are scared as I know I was scared when, um, and still am when the attacks uh, continue to go on with people of my race. And I know that these uh, people feel the same way during these times. So let's pray for them and let's also uh, stop hating. So I know my little invite went into more than I expected, but I just want, I felt like I had to share that part as well as I highlighted Miss Tabby. So we're gonna talk about travel. Evie shared that he just went on a huge trip, an exciting trip, because I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm excited to hear about Evie's travel. First so of all, Evie, tell us. Go ahead. Not only did we not hear about it, I don't think he heard about it because he left on a dime, y'all. This is the man that we work with. This is the man that is our friend. This is the man who's in our small group. Just one day he was like, oh, when we record him, because I'm, I'm about to hit it. I'm about to be out of the country. We're like, what? When, where, how many days? He's like, basically, don't worry about all that. He was still getting the facts together. I love it. I live... Uh, vicariously through his travels and I can't wait for him to tell us all about it. Evie, can you at least tell us how the trip came about? Cause I feel like literally two weeks before you went, did you even know you were going? See, um, let's go ahead and put a disclaimer out there um, for our friends, family, listeners. Um, let's make sure we have uh, no judgments here. Uh, the kickback is a safe place as we continue to promote mental health and caring for others. Um, just go ahead and throw that out there. But no, so like the continent of Africa has always been a place that I want to continue to explore. Um, I know it's certain countries. Um, I, I don't know them off the top of my head. I want to say the um, Republic of Congo is Congo, Congo, not Congo. Congo is one of them. But it's like three or four countries that we as people, people as in U.S. citizens, like can't travel into unless it's like official business or a student or something like that. So part of my extraordinary or crazy bucket list is to see how many countries on that continent I can travel to. Um, so last year, me and a group of friends, we um, wanted to go to somewhere. We, we were looking at Nigeria or Egypt at first, um, but of course, Corona happened and that limited or halted all of travels outside of um, our lovely country we call America. So then we found out that Tanzania or Tanzania doesn't really have those type of COVID restrictions. So it was some stuff that was back and forth of like, 
You have to have a COVID test. You don't have to. Their Department of Health, um, or they call it the Ministry of Health, were like changing stuff literally on the dime. So it was like, well, we can't just buy this ticket and then we find out we do need it, we don't need it. And then some people were like, well, just take the test just in case. And I was just like, I don't really want nobody sticking nothing up my nose. So, you know, all of those things were happening all at once. And then one of my homies, shout out to my boy Guy or Guy, um, he was just like, hey, what's up? This this what the fee looked like for basically the week. Um, this is somewhat of the itinerary. Um, and I was like, I have to get back to you. It went on for about two weeks of just me and him going back and forth. And within that two weeks, span, I'm going back and forth with my wife. And she was just like, why are you thinking about this? Like, that's kind of like a trip of a lifetime. Like, we good. Um, check the budget. We'll be all right. That's not really an issue. Like, take advantage of this opportunity. Go have fun with the guys. And so as we were with other friends, shout out to JP and Jessica. It's like the four of us. So me and JP, we talking back and forth about it. Jessica is kind of like on Judas' side of saying, just go, this is like, why, like, kind of like just have fun. And so me being the person I am who like to be sarcastic or aggy or aggravating on purpose, I was like, hold up, Judas, like, what you got planned? Like, why are you trying to rush me out of the house for a week? You're talking seven to 10 days right now. Like, like, let me know what you got going on. Don't do my friend like that. So I was just a little curious of, of like what she had planned to just be like, bye. Um, but no, nah, she just really wanted me to experience something different. And um, so that's basically how it came about. And before you know it, um, it was about, it was confirmed like that Wednesday or Thursday, I think when we had talked about when are we recording the following week and that Sunday, Monday-ish, I think it was like Monday night, so to speak, Sunday night, Monday, going into Monday, I was on a plane. And Evie said, I don't talk about it. I just do it. And that's, I, hey, that's the way to do it. You got the wife's approval and support and encouragement, and you got the funds. Look, those are the top two things you need. Amen. That's how it be. So for those of us who are married, I would say just make sure you communicate those I guess the larger expenses with your spouse. I'm pretty sure you guys are already doing that. Uh, but that was part of my yes. And also for other people, um, have friends who love seeing the world. There's nothing wrong mm. with seeing the normal stuff that you like to see, you know, going down the road or hitting the block. But if you are financially able, um, I know I'm always getting on some of my friends at the crib, crib as in hometown or whatnot, of just like the money that you guys spend on clothes and shoes and buying bottles at the club you could be in another country like i don't mm -hmm. know if people know this but like when you see people buying bottles in the club um i'll just give someone of information out there to the world maybe information you can care less about but the same alcohol bottle that you probably can buy at a store for 20 25 30 dollars it costs literally like 10 times that typically at the club where people are spending anywhere between 150 200 300 for that same bottle of alcohol just to show off to likely people mm -hmm. in the club who they don't even know so i'm like the same money that you're spending for that like you can be on a plane to somewhere but that's just me so how was it evie how was was it what you expected what did you guys do what how was it it was definitely somewhat of what i expected i expected the food to be good um mm -hmm. i have no uh, i don't know you know season is just hit different um, for your peoples <laughs> and also just the natural like you know the stuff is not processed through chemicals and factories and all that stuff you can just tell like the taste is different like it tastes pure so when you hear people saying like 
eat clean and for some mm. people they're not used to it or accustomed to it or they don't like it it's because your body hasn't just adapted to that but for me like i can taste the difference of this meat like this chicken or this beef or um just even these vegetables like you it's like like somebody went out to eat the way it feels and grab this and then for my friends who love seafood like you can see just like the lobster and the prawns and the fish and i'm just looking at it like dang why like why well, i gotta be allergic to seafood because like you just see the whole fish head just right there with the eyes still sitting there on the plate and they just having a grand old time <laughs> with their meal um the people extremely extremely friendly um you can tell they have a i guess you can say a warm sense of hospitality of like hey welcome they also can kind of tell the vibe of like you're like you're one of us but you're not from here um it was also funny because some of them felt like we were from either ghana or nigeria so that was kind of like for me um and for the boys dope um and i say boys because it was seven of us all of us are grown men but it was a group of six haitian guys and one jamaican who decided to go to um tanzania so that was the seven of us but it was like what part of nigeria you're from and like and just because not knowing some, even though they're my peoples, I don't know them like that. So I was telling people I'm from Alabama. I was telling people I'm from Canada. I was telling, like, I'm just like, I don't need y'all to know it. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I watch Take Care, and I know things be going south sometimes for people. So you're not going to know everything. And then when we went to speaking Creole with each other, they was just like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound American. And I was like, it doesn't sound English. Um, let's go ahead and get that straight. Um, but my family is originally from Haiti and then before you, you know, you broke barriers with some of the people you were around, but it was definitely like a friendly, friendly vibe. Um, some of the stuff that we did, I would say two things that it was a lot of stuff that we did, but two of my highlights would have to be, we went to a city called Bagamoa, which is B-A-G-A-M-O-Y-O. And it is where the East African slave trade occurred. Um, so one of the things me and my, I say big homie, even though he only got me about like two months but God, we like to do when we do travel to certain places is make sure we do some form of a tour or go to a museum. Like we wanna learn about the place that we're at. So to learn that the Arabs and the Germans um, were basically slave masters to the people in East Africa. And they were basically like the same way we had the transatlantic slave trade. They had whatever they would call it, but the one that went through the Indian Ocean from East Africa to, to parts of like the Middle East and all of those areas. So it was interesting to hear that story, how it played out, how many people suffered from that and how that it's still systemically affecting or impacting them today where families, like they don't want to do agriculture because of that trauma that they have or because of how lowly it's looked upon. Like, oh, you're part of that family or you're part of that tribe or you're allowing, like, do you not remember what happened to our people for you to go in the farms or in the gardening or into you know herding cattle in the field stuff like that and it was just like that's crazy that that's the mindset that people um have so uh you know no beef but germans and arabs that's crazy that y'all was out there like that or y'all people was out there like that um basically degrading um human life in a different way and then the way that the guy the church guy that we had the way he described it of how people were sold like literally they would come up to you and see kind of like your body physique and say nope you're weak you stay here um in clean roads or do stuff here in the city and other people you seem healthy and strong we can use you to carry all of our merchandise or we can use you to build stuff um abroad so to speak
Wow. That, that sounds crazy. That's like, it's so, to contrast, like, the, I'm sure, like, the beauty of all that you saw, but with, like, all the history of the traumatic stuff, like, that they experienced sounds crazy. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, there's no way to go to that continent and not do a safari, so mm. we definitely did that. Um, that I definitely recommend, but I would say if you were to do a safari, don't go all out like we did. And I know usually you want people to do the stuff that you do. Um, but when I say all out, like we decided to spend the night in the safari, like in the national park, like in the wild. Mm. Um, now, granted, we were in a cabin and the cabin wasn't closed and it had doors, but their windows are not like our windows. Like there's not like it's a glass that you can just shut. You're talking about like, you know, you see the movies of open space or just a curtain that's there. So like when you see shows or movies where it's like Adam would just poke his head out there into the window like that could have happened and we were just there and so part of the night we stayed up talking to about three or four and i'm like i don't know if i want to go to sleep like the sun about to come up nothing has happened yet like we might as well just stay up and get back in the vehicle and continue the safari ride um but no it was definitely a a a thrill of an experience to do something different because that's not something that's common for haitians (laughs) i would say (laughs) Um, and for us to go outside of our comfort zone was definitely, definitely enjoyable for me and for the rest of the squad. Wow. That sounds amazing and terrifying all at the same time. For sure. Uh, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love to say I would, I would do it and I probably would do it, but I will also be terrified at the same time. I was definitely thinking about that. I did do a lot of recording on this trip and on past trips. Even when we went to South Africa, I did a lot a couple of years ago. And like, I have thought about it, um, but it's just, I don't have the time nor the skill to be editing videos um, or making the things look great how some of the people do. Now, granted, there's people who I know who can do it. Shout out to people like Sabrina and Tanya. Um, you know, trying to get them to open up some form of a, of a business where I can just pay them to do those type of things. Um, but they have a lot of other things that are more important to focus on. So it's hard. Listen, I we got a whole situation. They can do that. And then you, EB, I, I'm still wanting you to be a trip planner because you just be having all the ideas. You'd be doing all the cool stuff. So we could turn this whole thing into a business. I don't really have anything to add to the business besides knowing what other people are customer service. Customer service. You're really good with talking to people. That I was just about to say that you definitely could be the host. You could be the mediator of just like we have something for you and then there's all the stuff that we send your way. And you just make it because you make it sound way better than like, well, I would say it do be on point, but like you have a way with words to make things sound very exciting and engaging. I appreciate that. I got a role now. I'm excited. <laughs> right. In our fictitious business. So clearly e- EB knows that travel is important, but Sharika, do you feel travel is important and why? I definitely do. Um, if you can, and not even like, okay, left. I would love to do world travels. And if you can do world traveling, I think it's great. But just, um, I remember I've been to places where people have never left 
their city, like never left their city. Um, I think it is so important to travel, travel your country, travel your state, travel the world if you can. Uh, I think it, in, it opens your mind to the human experience because so many times we're just concerned with our own experiences and the people we all, only the people we know and all of the things that we've seen. But when we travel, I think it opens our mind, opens our, uh, open our heart and uh, which needs to happen builds compassion and care for other people. So travel to me is extremely important. And then just the fun stuff of seeing things you've never experienced or or seeing things you've never seen, experiencing things you've never experienced and um, trying things you've never tried. So uh, definitely, I think travel is important. Sabrina, um, I know you've been a lot of places. Yeah, and I agree with you. It just enriches life because as you travel, mm. you do discover like these newfound wor worlds and you can take those moments to reflect not only on like the differences you observe in their lifestyle and behavior, but the things that unite us, which is so important. Mm. I think God took the time to make a great big world and make a great beautiful world. And if you can take mm. the time to explore it. I don't think, have I ever met someone who's never been out of their city? Maybe I have and I just have assumed that most people have gone, but I can't imagine. It makes your world so small. And I know we're speaking from a place of privilege. So I want to acknowledge that. But I think also then people like us, we do take the opportunities with the young people we with to kind of show mm -hmm. them, hey, if you do this, you have an opportunity to travel. Hey, connect with this community organization. You might be able to go to X place, you know? So even if you, um, if you are in a position of privilege when it comes to that, then reach out to young people and help. I always thought that it would be so beneficial if all American middle schoolers got to travel to a third world country when they're in middle school, because that's mm -hmm. the age they're still kind of sweet. And I know for me, some of those experiences, like I never thought, oh yeah, I'm just super wealthy as American. Because yeah, I told y'all we were living right on the poverty line, but we were having a great life. But then I traveled and I'm like, wow, I have so much to be grateful for. And I've been so spoiled. Mm. And it just helped. Mm. Honestly, I think that's around the time that I became less materialistic. Because I'm like, mm. if these people over here can rock out and be joyful and happy with what they have, I really don't need item. Not that my mom's going to give it to me anyway, but <laughs> the Lord took that desire from my heart. So mm. there it is. Also, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah very true. Now, that's definitely a so, way to look at it. Um, and as you mentioned that, one of the things um, for me that I think about, one is some of the kids that I think all of us have worked with that we don't notice it, but if it wasn't for like a camp, or a, youth, or a youth event or a youth conference, many of them would not have traveled without outside of their um, hometown. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you went to like a neighboring city because of a sports game, but like I can say at least within that county, there's some people um, that they haven't traveled. I just remember being in like directly in youth ministry as a youth leader and like our trip to like a thing called Night of Joy or Rock the Universe was their first time leaving their county. And it was like mm -hmm. mind boggling to me because I just assumed um, mm -hmm. as from a place of privilege that this is like what happened for everyone like and I know it was somewhat different for us growing up and I'm saying us as in me and my family my parents somewhat made it their duty to every summer 
we spent time going to Haiti um, to see our grandparents, well, to see my mom's parents. My, my father's grandparents had already, um, my, my grandparents on my dad's side had already passed away, but to go see family or go back mm-hmm. home to Haiti, so to speak. So it was always like something normal. And then it would be nothing for us to go to our families that stayed here, like in Connecticut or like in Danbury, Connecticut or in Norwood, Connecticut or in Jersey or in New York, like where we had family in different places. And it was just like, I thought growing up that everybody traveled, right? Like you have mm. these stories um, when, you know, you come back to school in August, hey, how was your summer break? Write a five paragraph intro, outro and the things that you did. And then everybody somewhat had a story, but not knowing that some people's story were, they went to grandma house or stayed down the road. And mm. it was just like, hey, that's crazy. Um, and not like in a thing that's crazy in a bad way, but you know, I wish that they had the chance to experience other places. Um, so I would say definitely it's, you know, more than important. And it just means a lot to be able to do different things and to see different cultures or different parts of the world. And as Sharika said, different parts of even this country. Like now there's some places, and I know we joked about it in the past, and I know we got listeners in some of these places, but like it's some places, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, Wyoming with Kanye at, um, Alabama. It's some places your boy don't care for going. But I can tell you that all of our 50 states and territories, that there's something unique about each of them, that if you are looking to travel somewhere, I promise you, I can tell you a little short list of things to do. And as Sharika said, you know, it's a small business that we got going on that we're trying to trying to launch. So it might come with a small fee if you want me to create an itinerary for you. Amen. Hey, poor Wyoming. Is Wyoming now just a place where Kanye dwells? Is that its new moniker? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so that being said, what's the most meaningful or impactful trip that you all have ever taken? I think we may have touched on this in one of our Getting to Know You episodes, but we can ask that briefly. I would say, no, I was just thinking for me, um, my most impactful trip was to Peru. It was the longest I had been out of the country, like, you know. and it, I did, it was on a missions trip. So that was, um, it was, it was just a great experience. Um, I was privileged to be able to part, be on that team and to travel there and see all the sites and um, experience all the things that I got to experience and um, meet all the people that I got to meet. Some of the people I'm still uh, friends with till today but also just to have that experience and to be away from my family and everything I know for that length of time was a impactful experience. And also to be able to talk about God and share God with people and do Sunday schools and different um, ministry opportunities. So that to me was my most impactful trip. Evie, were you about to say something? Yeah, so um, it's a few different ones, but the one that I'll definitely highlight would have to be um, one of the trips, actually me and Serena had did this one together, um, but the trip to Haiti, and that, like we did that trip together, not like this is the most impactful to both of us. Um, it might be for her, I don't know. But like that one was impactful because it's like, so doing a mission trip to Haiti and going to Haiti to see family were like two different mm. worlds to me. Um, because not in like a braggadocious way, but my family, because of the way my mom and dad handled business and the way that they took care of stuff, um, our family is somewhat solid in Haiti. Like there's not really much to complain or stress over. 
Now, there's times you got cousins and aunties who call in extra money, but as far as um, dwelling, like, I don't know, they're very Americanized. Like, they got satellite TV, like, direct dishes there for them. They got running water. They have internet. Like, they are different. Um, they It's just, so being in Haiti, I guess you could say being in Haiti with family, it was kind of like, this is home for me. Now, when I went on a mission trip, you start to see different parts of Haiti that it was just like, I knew Haiti was rough, but I didn't experience it in this way. And the mm. part that really hit me was, of course, after we came back, um, we're there for like just a week early in January. And then two or three days later, the earthquake happened. So like mm. we're watching, at least for me, I'm watching on news places where we just walked as a team, like parts mm. that we were just at, like we were just at like one of the, I guess you could say the divisional headquarters compound or a children's home in a school. And you're seeing the same building now collapse on television. And it was just like, that's crazy because we were just there. Or that's wild because we were just there. And then just seeing, you know, how likely people who you just interacted with are now suffering um, because of a natural disaster. And I think that was probably the most impactful because it still um, just hit me to this day when I think of Haiti or when you see places that still haven't officially rebuilt. Um, mm. and, most meaningful i don't know maybe going to haiti still um but probably mm. one of the times where all of our family was together um when my grandfather had passed away and mm. it was one of the like saddest but i don't even know if saddest word but the most sad but also funniest moments it was sad because of course you have all your family mourning and just everybody's there and it's like dang like the patriarch of the family is no longer here um, as he mm. battled prostate cancer or whatnot. But then it was a funny moment. And it was like one of those funny shake, shaking your head moments when I found out that people get paid to wail and cry at funerals. Because mm. um, you're seeing people who was like basically what we would consider going crazy. And, and I'll explain later, that's not a proper term to use for people. Um, but when you see somebody expressing their emotions in a way that is different than the norm of everyone else. You know, you tap questions as a young kid. I'm 13, 14 years old. And then I'm like, who's that? Like, is that one of our cousins? And then you just hear one of my older brothers say, not as somebody that the family paid to come cry at the funeral. And I'm like, huh? Like, inward what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold up, hold up. So he's giving money for people to cry. And the quote unquote, at least within the Haitian culture, the more people within the community who they see um, either crying or wailing at a funeral, it shows, in a sense, the importance of that individual. Mm. Like you kind of like break the bank for certain people. And I'm just like, yeah, I could have just gave that money to me. Like, y'all <laughs> tripping. <laughs> like, I could have found a way to cry. I could have hollered, you know. So that was probably one of those just like shaking your head moments that this is really happening. That's crazy. My aunt always says my grandmother always used to say they people could pay her to cry because she's at a funeral because she always is like she's just so emotional and she's just easy to cry I didn't know that was like a real thing I thought that was just like a joke like my grandmother used to say I did not know that was like real maybe yeah. I do want to quick quickly say so you reminded me of something that I want to quickly share um, that one of my most meaningful trips was to go back to Antigua where my dad grew up and was born on a mission trip. And I got to preach in the church where my dad grew up. Like that was like one of the most meaningful things. Like 
it was crazy to be like able to speak God's word in the church like that my dad was a child in was that was wild. So I wanted to share that. So I thought you was going to mention that before Sabrina chime in. I thought you were going to mention that one only because that was one I was jealous about that I couldn't go on. Um, only because you guys it did was an a girl's girl trip. trip. So. <laughs> it was an all girls trip. But I know like you being one of the leaders on that trip, one of the things that was dope to me about that trip was like it just having all of these high school kids on this trip. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first times that most of them, I think maybe it was like only one or two who have left the country before. So like you played a part as a leader and as a mentor um, to some of them to see the world in a different light where many of them would have never had an experience like that if it wasn't for, you know, you guys and leaders and also just part of being on that mission team. So that was, I thought, I just thought that was going to be one of yours, but I didn't say it because that's not the one you had mentioned. So shout out to Antigua. Yeah. It, yeah. It was a crazy, it, I feel like the Peru was like my first time, like almost on my own. And so I think like that was like more, it was just crazy because like my first main experience by myself, like without my family, but Antigua was special too. Sabrina, how about you? Mine was also Haiti. I actually had gone the year before that earthquake and then the year that Evie and I were there with the same organization and team was the year after probably for slightly different reasons I had already traveled a couple of places around the world but I hadn't been anywhere up until that point where I was people who looked like me were the majority so you guys know the story of Moses when he discovered he was Egyptian (laughs) and I always wonder how is he looking at the people but it didn't I didn't feel like the Moses I felt like the people there were the Moses I went to the countryside in Fall Denis, and it was the first time I saw like the mountains right on the beach and this most beautiful water. And when I tell you when the sun came up, those students were outside reading their books and mm. it was just excellent. They were some of the most well-behaved because I work with young people in arts ministry. So we did a lot of that together. They were just full of joy and excitement and they wanted to learn and they loved life. And I thought, oh, I'm supposed to be over here. These people are rescuing me. This is beautiful. What would my life would, what would my life have been like? What would my confidence would be like had I been raised in this sort of environment? And I've always been someone who learned, loved learning and maybe a little bit ambitious, not in the way to like climb a ladder, but ambitious for myself and the goals that I want to hit. And I was like, man, if I had grown up over here, I would be running like 20 miles per hour instead of 10. And my mom growing up, she, my, I didn't meet my maternal grandfather. He passed before I was even born, but she would tell us he was Haitian. I never claimed to be Haitian though. So before you guys even ride me, I don't speak the language that side of the family. Like I don't know them very well. So, but in my heart, I just felt like, I don't know, like I'm with my people and it was just beautiful. And I just saw like a different way of life. And when I came back the second time after the earthquake, I remember I was in college and I walked into the dining hall and it was just on the TV and people were just eating chili cheese fries, living their best life, like nothing happened. And I just remember stopping, not so much a panic attack, but I did feel like the world just kind of froze. And I remember just standing there crying and thinking, you guys don't get it. Like something tragic has happened and we have the means to help people across the world and y'all are just eating chili cheese fries up in here so (laughs) that trip has always just always impacted me and 
helped me to see that life is so big and life is so beautiful. And it's just all about like your mental state and how you approach things. It's not about the material things that we have. So there that is, is so that. true. Mm -hmm. That is so true. So um, what are, I know we talked about a few of our favorite or our trips and things that were meaningful meaningful to us, but what are some of y'all favorite things to do while you travel? So like I had mentioned earlier, for me, one of the favorite things to do, now granted, it all depends on where you're going. Like if I'm mm -hmm. somewhere where there's a nice beach, I would like to at least just go see mm -hmm. it. Um, like I was joking with my friends even, and I'll go brief with it, but I was just like, hey, I've seen, or I've been to Pacific Ocean, of course, live in Florida, so Atlantic Ocean, and now the Indian Ocean after being in Tanzania. I was like, now I just have to find a way to somewhere in the Arctic or Antarctica to say, mm. I dip my feet in the Arctic Ocean. Um, so it's trying something new that, um, like try something new for the first time. And then also if there's a museum or some form of a historical tour that's part of that city or that country, it's something that I feel like I have to do. Um, mm. And I can tell you almost every city that I've been in, I've found a way to do that. Like, and I'll just like, if it was like Atlanta, I made sure I did something along the line with civil rights or MLK. If it was when we were in South Africa, Johannesburg, I made sure I went to where Mandela grew up. Um, if it was Hawaii, it was learning about the culture and how people migrated there. So it's just like everywhere you go, just learning facts about that actual place and not necessarily what you may have read in a book that may be inaccurate mm -hmm. or the depictions that television shares with you. That's great. Sabrina? Similar to Evie, I love to figure out, or not figure out, I love to learn about the local history, talk to the locals, see how they're really living. But mm. my number one has to be the food. Y'all know yes. that I love a good eat. That is my thing. That's one of the most, every time I travel somewhere, locally, anywhere, the first thing I Google, the first thing I'm talking about is, oh, what are we going to eat? Oh, did you know they had X, Y, and Z? And I am mm -hmm. more like open when it comes to my food choices. So I will try, really, I'll try anything. No, I won't eat a roast, <laughs> but I'll try. Well, when I was in the second grade, we took a field trip to the Science Museum in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they had those lollipops with the bugs in the middle. Have you guys seen those? You can Google mm. it. They have like crickets yeah. and stuff in the middle. In my class, I was like, I wish I would use the little dollars my mom got me to eat a bug. No, thank you. But for the most part, I, I, I'm really into the local cuisine and the local history. And when I think of like my top travel moments on vacations or whatever, it's always has something to do with those things. What about you, Sharika? For me, it's definitely, I think it's one of the, each of the things both of y'all said. It's the food for me, because I love, you know, I'm a foodie too, and I want to see what, what they got going on there. Number two, I love the beach. I love the ocean. So that, and then my third favorite thing is to do an experience that I don't normally do. Like, even if it's available in the U.S., like when I went to Mexico, I did um, ATV and that, I love to do experiences, new experiences that I've never done in a place that I've never been. So I love to just like do an activity or do jumping off a cliff into some water. Like, I just love those kind of experiences. So those are like, those are my favorite things to do when I travel.
So what makes so, a person or people okay. great to travel with or what makes them awful to travel with? Evie, I love what you said about, hey, y'all travel with your friends. I will when all of my friends have that travel fun. So right now, <laughs> most of my travel, like, I'm like, where did you find these friends where y'all all on the same, like, journey financially? I think that's beautiful. I also think that people could travel more if they didn't go to, like, Starbucks every day. So that's more mm. of a financial management thing. So, yep. And mm-hmm. Evie alluded Sacrifices. to that when he talked about people, you know, buying bottles but never leaving their city. That's a whole other thing. But mm-hmm. for the times that you guys have gotten to travel or the dreams that you think of, what makes people great or what makes them awful? Evie, I think you should go first because I think you've done more friendships than Sharika and I. No, yeah. So like I, like, um, I would say for me, what makes people or a person great to travel with? So you have to figure out as best as possible. Well, let me take it back. It's two types of groups of people who travel, right? It's those who they need a full length itinerary from like, what time are we meeting at the airport? What time are we landing? Who's picking us up? Where are we staying? What are we doing when we get there? Who's the person checking in? And like, there's nothing wrong with that if that's your personality type and that's how you operate. Um, but one of the things we found is best is certain people within our, I'll just use the Tanzania trip, for example. It was certain people who were identified for certain things. Like it was mm. one person, like I'll just say, like God was responsible for the two um, basically Airbnbs that we stayed in. Both Airbnb, like I told you, it was seven of us, but both Airbnbs, it was a three, two and a half, basically apartment set up. And it was in the same building. One was on the 14th floor. The other one was on the 10th floor. And um, he handled the check-ins and all of that dealt with that. Um, somebody else was in charge of the safari. Somebody else was in charge of the museum. Somebody else was in charge when we took a ferry to a small island called Zanzibar. Small fact, Tanzania is one of the few countries, I think it's like maybe three or four other ones after I Googled it, but it's a few countries who have two presidents. And I'm not talking about like a mm. president and vice president, but they have a president for Tanzania. And then they have a president for a city called Zanzibar, which is an island, which some people consider it a country because when you go there, you have to get another stamp because of customs and immigration and all of that, which is crazy, but it's part of Tanzania. Um, and it was just interesting to go through that process. But somebody was in charge of that, and that person was in charge of what will we be doing while we're there. And so mm. just having certain people. Now, you all, not like you, listeners, and Sabrina and Sharika, of course, you know your friends. So you know who should be responsible for some things, and who's like, <laughs> nah, I'll take on an additional responsibility, right? We just so they don't have to? Just so they don't have to, because you don't want to be the person who Thursday comes and say, hey, who's picking us up? Oh, I was supposed to do that too. I thought I was just saying where we were eating at. I'm like, no, like this day is for you. Um, so if you don't have friends who are on it like you, then that's gonna be hard. The thing that makes it awful is when people who go into the trip wanting to be part of the trip and then they want to do their own things. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I don't really talk about all types of things that happen. Sometimes stuff goes south. It wasn't necessarily bad, but I know some of our friends will listen and then we already laughed about it and we joked about it and I don't think there's no bad blood or pressure from it. But one of our friends, when we went to Zanzibar, he said he didn't want to go. At first he said he didn't want to go because he didn't have the funds. And that's completely understandable. You have to do what's best for you financially. But we find out my dog didn't want to go because he found him a little Tanzanian cutie. And when we came back to the Airbnb, she was in the spot. It wasn't no pressure. But nobody else knew that this was going on. And we just like, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's You're going on? Like, lying. You are wow. lying. 
and we felt a little bit that that was the case because I can tell y'all that the ferry to and from was about $54 or so. And that was because we wanted to stay inside of the cabin and with AC instead of sitting on the dock. Now you can walk out. So that was one of those <laughs> things. Like for us, it wasn't a bad thing, but we just said, hey, if you're going to do this, at least give us a heads up. Cause now we got people in our space who we don't know. And that's why we felt, that's why I felt some type of way. Other people, they didn't really care. But for me, I'm like, she come in, she see the different stuff that we have. She see the spot. Now she might go tell her homies that she got a lick. And a lick means a setup or a robbery, guys, for those of us who are listening. And I'm just like, I don't want that type of pressure coming to where I'm at. I'm on vacation. I'm trying to be peaceful and be at rest. So Mm. I would say just make sure everybody is somewhat on the same page. The other thing I would say is, and I usually don't tell people everything that, of course, happens. And I still won't tell you guys everything that happened. Um, I'll tell people off air. I won't tell a podcast. Let me just say that. I love y'all, but just it's not everything to know. But I will give you a little secret. We went there for seven and a half full days and including airfare and lodging and traveling around and food and all the things that we did, the tourist excursion, tours, excursions, um, I spent a little less than $1,300. Now I know for some people, I'm gonna say, no, that's too much, that's out of my budget. Understandably so. But I can tell you that there's ways to travel on a low but mm. um, for us, part of that was because we decided to eat out. But of course, we ate out almost all the time. But where we stayed at, we could have did grocery shopping. We could have cooked. Mm. We could have probably spent less than that. We could have spent less than a thousand if we chose to. And that was including the airfare. And the airfare was around eight hundred dollars. So think about being on vacation for a week, wow. less than four or five hundred dollars with the trip to Zanzibar, with a tour of a museum, with a tour of the slave trade, with a safari that you spent a night in a cabin, like a two day safari. Um, all of these different things. And so it's definitely possible. Not uh, a total not, back, not much. It's, so that was about a $1,500 trip in total? It was, a le- flights? it was less than $1,300 including flights. A little less oh, than $1,300. Wow. I need to connect with your friends because my problem is I don't know how to use that amount of money and get all of that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. See, he be, be tra- I'm telling you, he be, is like, he be planning them trips. He be getting the things down. I love it. Sorry for interrupting you. Mm-hmm. I'm just no. shocked. I'm, I'm telling my coins. I'm trying to go. No, you good. So it definitely, that's like the main thing. So having people who are on the same page and people who have specific tasks and people who want to enjoy themselves. Like if it's somebody who wants mm-hmm. to, like we did have one of my homies and I'll say it because I know sometimes Jermaine be listening. But like my dog Jermaine went all the way to Tanzania and like for two days straight, my dog wanted to eat at McDonald's and KFC. <laughs> and I was like, bro, let's not do this. Like, stop. <laughs> like, you got to be better than this, bro. Like you can eat at KFC when you get back to Miami. Like, don't, don't do it here. Listen, um, he said these Biden bucks got me over here. I mean, $1,300, that's a stimmy. Okay. So remember the stimmy drop while we were there. So people definitely was having a grand old time buying their souvenirs. Um, oh, my goodness. So that's the main thing. And then awful, like, you know, the vibes of your people. And I'll also say you might want to try certain things. Like, so on this trip, like I said, it was seven of us. It was two people who I didn't know. Um, on the trip, but those two who I didn't know, like the vibe was on point with both of them. Shout out to mm-hmm. KP, shout out to KP and Gersh. Um, so it was like everybody else I had already knew, already have a relationship with, already the homies. Um, so it was easier to adapt to them. But the other two, it was kind of like we all meshed together. And from mm. what I know, they vibe with me as well. So if you know your people, you're good. If you're hesitant, then I would say do some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past, like get in a cabin, 
uh, with friends somewhere on the East Coast or in one of the mountains and just see how that goes. And you can kind of get the vibe of how people act or how people mm. are. Um, but, you know, going out the country, that might not be for everybody, which is cool. But you can take a quick flight to Mexico, um, Tulum, Cancun, one of those places. Might can go to one of the Caribbean islands like Bahamas or Haiti or Jamaica or DR. Puerto Rico, even St. Thomas and see how it is, or you can go to one of the mountains in North Carolina or in Tennessee. And then if somebody's awful, then you just know that that person not in the group chat when it's time to fly out. That's all that means. You <laughs> said we do a, a, a trial trip. That's all, just a temp check on how we how we doing on this trip. I know, that's right. You're not gonna waste my Biden bucks. Better get it together. We're gonna test this out. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's I hilarious. Have, what I have to read myself because when I'm with my family, I in the past I hadn't been the best person to travel with because I'm a person who would like want to stick to the itinerary. Now that I'm older and wiser, I find that very annoying in others. And I'm like, how are you ever like that? I think with my family, a part of me feared if we ever had too much idle time, which sibling's going to be annoyed with which sibling? Like, what's going to pop off? Let's keep ourselves busy. So mm -hmm. I think it, one thing that is great when you're traveling with someone is having flexibility and being yes. okay with the fact that not everybody wants to do anything. I love when a homeboy was like, hey, I'm going to be here. Even before y'all knew about his little, you know, hideaway, y'all were <laughs> just like, that's fine. But there was a point in time, six-year-old me would have been like, no, CJ, you have to come to the park. We're all going. It's a family trip. You're going to miss out on the memories. And it's like, girl, calm down. He will be right there when you get back. <laughs> so definitely flexibility. And honestly, I just kind of ride the wave. And the friendships I've taken, shout out to Tracy Stickney. Her itinerary be on point. I literally just follow in line. You call me. You tell me how much money I need to bring where I need to be and I'm just gonna go with the flow that's my personality I'm all about the trip I'm not really fantastic with putting all the details together it just stresses me out and then I just feel too much pressure um but once the itinerary is there that's cool so I think Evie you laid it out pretty beautifully for us like know everybody's strengths and weaknesses and let people fall into that let people fall into who they are and just enjoy it and be flexible and have fun oh I will also say, uh, Jimaine, that's not the way to be. I'm not the person who, Evie, where, I always think Evie was with us in Sweden and he wasn't, he was supposed to be, but he wasn't. When we were there, we had people like that on our team. He wanted to go to the Swedish McDonald's, like every meal. And I'm like, I don't even like the American McDonald's. What are y'all doing? <laughs> so I wanna, that goes back to the former question of me just wanting to like dive into the local culture as much as and I guess McDonald's is the local culture, but that's not what I'd be wanting. I'd be wanting mm. the, the new stuff. So sorry, I didn't answer that question pretty great, but I haven't had too many. I think you did. Okay, awesome. Sharika, where are you at? For me, it, I, uh, I definitely agree. I think it's a combination of what you both said. I think it's definitely you have to be uh, flexible. I love an itinerary, but I don't want to be held hostage to an itinerary. Like I like if someone makes an itinerary, I'm going with the flow. But I also don't like to literally have every second planned because then I'm like, if something we pass by that we didn't we didn't plan to see, but this is exciting or interesting, I want to be able to 
see that new thing or experience something we didn't plan on seeing if it arises or if that occasion comes up. Like, I don't want to feel like, well, now we can't stop and look at this little store that has these cute little things because we got two minutes to be at the next place. Like, I don't like to feel panicked like that, but I do like a guideline, but I also like the flexibility to see new things that may arise that we didn't experience. I mean, that we didn't plan to experience. So I love that. I don't like what I can't stand, what people, what makes a person awful to travel with if they're complainers. I can't keep the complaints to yourself. Like I cannot stand complaining, 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 complaining in regular life, but it's even more stressful when you're on a trip because you want to have, you want to have a good time. But if it's someone always annoying, complaining, always like in their feelings and it's like, okay, you can just ruin the whole thing for everybody. I don't, I try to keep an upbeat experience, even if I might be in a bad mood, I try not to um, spread that to other people. I don't want other people's experiences to be ruined because of my attitude or my feeling. So I try, so I don't like when other people do that, where they just bring the whole mood down with their bad attitude. So that is one of the things that for me makes people awful to travel with. When, they're, when they something didn't go their way and now they're just in their feelings and everybody got to just feel the tension because they in their in their feelings. Um, so that's what to me makes people awful to travel with. But I love, but I'm also not the person with the itinerary, Sabrina, either. Somebody plans out, like, okay, let's go, let's do this. And like you said, tell me what to be prepared for. Tell me what we, how much money to plan for, what outfits I need to have. And I'm ready to go. So I like the flexibility. And EB, you're right. Know your strength. Don't sign up to say you was going to do something when you know you couldn't follow through. Just go on and say, uh, I, how about I just uh, plan the meals? Or how about I, <laughs> I go shopping for the food? Know your strengths and be and just be real about it. Exactly. And like, if you give me an assignment, I'll do it. Like if you say Thursday, Friday, Sabrina, you're in charge of lunch. I will throw my whole heart into it. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, if you just expect me to volunteer, now I have to be voluntold because I come more of a... <laughs> fall in line because for work that is real though that is real for work all of us there's so much responsibility we're constantly doing that and a lot of times people assume the way I am at Mm -hmm. work is how I am off work and I'm like no I am working so for me it's so freeing when I take vacation to let the responsibilities go and just fall in line Evie you got to plan it are you planning our uh Bora Bora trip four years from now, can you, can you get on that and just go ahead and tell people how much to save? I feel like between you and Tracy, y'all can make it happen. I don't want to do the details. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I'll link up with Tracy because the plan is going to do 2025, right? Just to make sure. 2025 is good to me. We, a lot of us got married around the same time of the kickback. We got to talk about that one day. But that being said, we playfully talk about, oh, for five-year anniversary or for like our really good friend, Adley and Maggie, I think it'll be like their 10 year. We just said a lot of us should take a trip to Bora Bora. Now Bora Bora ain't cheap. So we said it five years or so. So 2025 is fine. You just, you know, figure out how much it's going to cost, divide it by four years, divide that by the month and tell people, make, call your bank, tell them I need a Bora Bora account, do the automatic. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Or else when five years, when Evie hit you with that 1200, well, (laughs) 12,000. I think, but I I do think for Adley and Maggie, because I know they'd be listening. I think that'd be like year sixteen, though. Whoa! No, it got to be more than that. I'm saying it'll be be like because it was what oh eight, right? Oh eight, close to twenty, I would think. 
They got married in 08 or 09. Hmm. It was either 08 or 09. Well, all I know is I'm about to be at five, so I will be close to 10 by then. Which yeah. is good. I got to go ahead and prep Alan. I got to go ahead and prep Doug. Like, we going. Okay. <laughs> Liz, I always say to Sabrina, you're right, because I don't like when people have expectations for people that they don't tell them on the trip. Be like, man, she ain't never cleaned a dish this whole time. Well, did you ask? Like, stop. Don't do that. I don't like that. I don't like that. So you're right, Sabrina. Let people know your expectation or ask them, hey, can you handle the food a um, Mondays and Tuesday, you know, let people know before you have your, be in your feelings and mad about something that you never asked somebody to do. So you write about that. You got to go and tell people sometime. So um, again, if y'all guys want to know anything else about the trip, y'all can always hit us up or hit me up about this specific trip, but about traveling, you can hit any of the three of us up on the kickback. You can hit us up on any of the social media sites, ask questions. We'll gladly connect you with people who we know or resources that'd be helpful for you if you're planning a trip. And that is, um, I know in the world of government, they'll say foreign or domestic, but for us, we'll say domestic or international, wherever you're trying to go. Mm. Like we got friends right now who all of us consider like little sisters or mentees, so to speak, who living it up in St. Thomas. Shout out to the Joseph sisters. Yeah. Grand old time right now. Um, and Shout out to my two, home island too. See, yeah. So like, if you want to know places, we got people within our circles who just be out here traveling, seeing the world on different continents. And we have people just about on every continent, I would say outside of Antarctica. I don't know nobody there. I can't help you with that one if you kind <laughs> of go there. Um, I wouldn't recommend it either. It's too cold. But that's just where we at when it comes to traveling and some of the things about this trip and just about culture and different things around the world in general. So, Sabrina, talking about the mind, <laughs> did we switch it up for, for the month of March? I don't know. You know, I've been going for it. I will, and I be, I be doing whatever. <laughs> Thank you guys for being gracious with me on that. But friends, today, we're going to talk briefly about the value of a morning routine, a routine being a set of repeated actions performed in the same sequence to assure optimal productivity, focus, and creativity. Clearly what I needed today and maybe what you all need as well, because sometimes despite our best intention, morning routines just go awry. Clinical psychologist Michael Burroughs has a premise that every human being has a chronotype, right? A biologically determined disposition that influences when we're at our best during the day for certain kinds of activities. And he actually names each chronotype as an animal to kind of help people think about where they are. So a dolphin genetically is prone to insomnia. They're generally nervous and irritable and a bit groggy waking up around 6.30 a.m. The lion is eager for the day to start. These hunting leaders rise around 5.30 or earlier. The wolf is creative and on the prowl at night, they rise around 9 a.m. And the bear is easygoing, they rise a little late and after a full plus eight hours of sleep are still groggy when they rise. I think my husband's a bear. I'm definitely a lion. Uh, Sharika, Evie, do you guys feel like an animal stood out to you? Uh. Coming back from the Tanzania, I'm going to say a lion. I was going to go with that too. Okay, awesome. So knowing your type helps you to determine what your morning routine can look like. 
Some factors do include your type, but they also might include what kind of external constraints will affect your predictable rhythm. Like I'm sure right now my life pre-pets will look totally different, right? I want a pet so bad. Shout out to pets. <laughs> I'm pressuring my husband to get us a pet. All right, so a part of your morning routine, you just break it down into four things, right? So you have pre-morning, morning rise, morning practice, and morning work. The tenet with pre-morning is that your optimal morning routine really begins the night before. When our brains get tired, our frontal cortex and other areas responsible for conscious decision-making decision are less active, right? So it's like our brain parents have already gone to bed and left your inner child with the car keys and the remote control, which is to say when we're tired in the evening, we're prone to zone out and a counterproductive default habit. Yet, the hour or two before bed could be an optimal time to prime your, prime your mind for an optimal morning. So replace one default habit with one habit that brings you pleasure and restfulness, right? Good motivators. Aim for a bedtime that's right for you. Be consistent, even on the weekends. Regular bedtimes are it. Our parents try to put us on as kids with the regular bedtimes, then we become adults and we just let it go. I know where I went wrong last night. I was watching Dexter on the couch and not even, I hadn't even done my night routine, brush my teeth, wash my face, take a shower. I was just on the couch, woke up in my bed. I guess my husband walked me there. And then I thought today was Saturday. So that's how I got messed up, right? Morning rise, choose a consistent time to wake up. Before you get out of bed, direct your mind to something positive, such as expressing gratitude for your family, your work, or the fact that you actually woke up. Sharika joked about this this morning, but I can tell that she actually does this. She has such a cheerful disposition. She's starting her day with gratitude. It really can make a difference. The morning rise is also a good time to clarify one main work or create a focus that you established the night before. Morning practice. Do something simple and um, unobtrusive that centers and directs your mind in a calming, pleasurable manner. Guess what? Anything digital by definition usually does not work. So playing Candy Crush is not really an option here. Uh, don't make your practice precious and time consuming. Otherwise, you're likely not to repeat it over the long haul. And try your best to integrate the practice as seamlessly into your morning rhythm as getting dressed. So maybe you always take five deep breaths and on the fourth exhale, you let the exhale last for 10 seconds. Maybe you go through a three minute series of stretches, something like that. And finally, morning work. Discover what kind of work you do best in the morning. Are you a daydreamy, creative person, more analytical, big picture, decision-making, clear, concise communication, and incorporate that into your morning routine. I suggest you try not to overhaul everything about your current morning routine all at once. Experiment with changing up parts of your morning routine. This means introduce one or two changes at a time. Be consistent with these new changes every day for at least 15 days, observe any differences, adjust and repeat. Remember, the best time management tool is not a calendar. It's not a calendar, it's not a planner. The best time management tool you have is attention, Control is your ability to direct and redirect your attention towards your desired actions and towards habits that actually help you fulfill your desired goals as you are what you pay attention to. And that's all, folks. This is such an un unedited moment. Sharika's talking, but my girl's on mute. <laughs>
I do this all the time. Dang it. Thanks, <laughs> I was just saying you that's right. You are what you pay attention to. Like that's real right there. Thank you for sharing that, Sabrina. And thank you for reminding me that I was on mute. It's okay. EB, what are you expanding on today? So today almost got me. Um, <laughs> so today. <laughs> I no, am. no, no, he was on mute too. He was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but I would say a couple weeks ago, right? We talked about um I want I don't know if we can go out off on a limb and say two of our favorite people, but we definitely talked about something that was very, very um eye-opening for some of us when it came to um the Duke and the Duchess. Now, sometimes people question when or why a person shares their story or even the timing of their story um, for whatever reasons. A lot of times, I don't say a lot of times, I don't have a number on it. Sometimes when people share their story, nothing happens. Mm. Other times when people share their story, there's some form of action taken by, I guess you could say the person on the other end of whatever that story may be. It's interesting to me that the royals um, from Buckingham Palace have come out and said that they are considering, one, appointing a diversity chief, and two, that they will do what they feel is needed to address the issues of diversity and inclusion after what has happened to Megan and Harry, and um, of course, their children. So the two things that I'm somewhat trying to or wanting to share with our listeners or expound on is that not every time you share your side of the story, something will come out of it from the other end. But in this case, I have, I won't say a lot of hope, but I have some hope that the fact that the pilots have come out and said that they're considering appointing a diversity chief and or they'll be trying to find ways to address this issue um, is somewhat hopeful. Because a lot of times when people share their side, the other side stays silent. And they could have easily stayed silent in this case as they have done in countless other cases or as they have stayed silent in the past two years. So the mm -hmm. fact that this interview has come out and has forced their hand, so to speak, to communicate gives me a little hope um, that they are looking to find a way to spearhead the efforts or the issues of diversity within their firm organization, Kingdom Palace, however phrase they have. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Harry and Megan for coming out and sharing their side of the story and not letting, um, I guess you could say the tabloids or the mass media get the best of them and them doing it on their timing and in the way that they chose to do it with someone who I believe they both trust and admire in Oprah um, for them to share their story. So for all of our listeners and our friends and family who are out there, if there's something that is bothering you, take your time, process it, share it with your tribe before you share it with the world. Um, do what you feel is best for you. Don't let anybody pigeonhole you or force you into saying something that you're uncomfortable with or making sure that you're just not speaking too fast. And when I mean too fast, it's just like, I don't know if this is the right time for me to share my story because there's still some stuff that I have to process as an individual. Mm. Um, so take time for yourself, 
make sure that self-care is a priority for you and that you do it on your timing and you do it your way because for the most part outside of god you know what's best for you so that's all i'm really responding on there's a lot of other stuff that's going on in the world um and maybe it'll be next week i expound on some other stuff but i'll just give a little nugget out there for those of you who like to do your own research shout out to the people in Minneapolis who hating right now that half of the jury selected in the Derek Chauvin and George Floyd case are either my are either black or multiracial I'm laughing at you for being mad because I'm sitting here thinking of how many cases of black and brown people have had to stand trial where there is nobody on the jury stand mm, that looks like you and you are okay. upset right now <laughs> that and we're not talking about all 12 guys we're not talking about eight out of 12 all it says was six. Four of them are of African American or African descent, because I don't know if they're all African Americans. They might be from somewhere else, but of African descent, and two are multiracial, and there are people who are having a fit. They're having a tantrum. They are highly upset and irate. So that's one of the things. And shout out to my dog. He's not really my dog. I'm saying this in sarcasm. Derek Jackson. Um, I know oh, some people out here, you're just like, who is Derek Jackson and what's going on? I just want to say for all of those of you who used to enjoy all of the Derek Jackson videos, I do not know the God or the Jesus that he speak of in his apology mm. video, but that is not the God whom I serve. That is not the God who is faithful to me. That is not the God mm. who tells me in Psalm 91 that he will rescue me and give me a long life <laughs> and full of salvation. I don't know who he was talking about in that video because the God that I serve and the Jesus that I know does not cause people to cheat. Um, but okay. that's two things out there that you can go check on your own, just the jurors that are selected in the Derek um, Chauvin or Chauvin, however you pronounce his name case, in the murderer's case, I'll just say that, um, in the murderer's case and then Derek Jackson. Um, but it's the look, Derek's this morning, huh? <laughs> it's the Derek's. Derek's for me. And it's not a word on giving, don't be giving people advice about stuff that you haven't even got right in your own life. But after this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sure to send y'all y'all to a video so y'all can just laugh with me because I usually I, I always send y'all the, the videos that I see from somebody who I like listening to um in the morning. But this one was just a little more humorous than normal. And I was just like, this man is out of control, but I'm here for every bit of it. But as we get ready to wrap up, um, what are we recommending with the people? Or what are we recommending to the people? Okay, we've been talking about travel. So my recommendation is pack up and go. Want to go on vacation but have no time to plan? What if you don't know where you want to go? What if you just want to be surprised? Pack up and go plans trips around the United States. All you have to do is fill out a survey, tell them your budget, and they'll take care of your travel, your accommodation arrangements, all while keeping your destination a, a surprise. You can go wow. plane, train, you can do a road trip, you can do a staycation or something outdoors. This is great, guys. My favorite thing about this is that you tell them what your budget is and they can do all the work. Me and Shrika just said, sometimes when it's vacation mode, we don't want to be in work mode. We don't want to do all that other stuff. So pack up and go. It sounds like that's a move. I know I'm definitely going to use, utilize it for a future date night. I love to be surprised. And my husband's pretty chill. I think that could be a really fun experience. Evie, I'm looking at you. You love to be surprised too. You love to travel. And Sharika, you too. All of us, you can choose your own adventure with this. That's what I love about it. Like for me, I don't really like 
traveling in an airplane. I have to do it for work. I've done it even on my personal time. I don't love it. So I might just choose road trip. I love a good road trip, listen to my podcast, some music. I feel in control. This probably conversation for another day, but pack up and go, guys. Try it out. Their website is really easy to navigate. Sharika, what you got? Girl, your thing just led right into mine. So I was also doing, and mine is an app, and it's about road trip. It's called Road Trippers. It's perfect for organizing the epic road trip you've always wanted to take. I love road trips. Like I think they are like the one of the biggest bonding moments. I I remember them as a kid, and I've always loved them. So I still love road trips to this day. I don't necessarily like to drive drive, but I love a road trip. And this app says not only it not only does it plan your driving route, but it also lets you book hotels, activities along the way. But this app is especially useful for finding interesting and offbeat off beaten off the beaten path road attractions and cool restaurants and can miss can't miss landmarks so that is the road trip road trippers app so check that out when you take your next road trip eb what you got so for me it's somewhat similar to traveling but i know one of the things that all three of us have in common is that we like to eat we like good food especially when we're traveling we want to make sure that the food is on point now i know we talked about road tripping we talked about traveling in the u.s we're just gonna go a little south of us to latin america and what i'm recommending is on netflix and what i am talking about on netflix is called street food latin america so think about mm. this you get to follow it's a vibrant docuseries that follows some solid chefs around and they get to whip up some of their delicious meals now, the sad part about this is we only get to see it. We can't taste it from where we at. But some of this stuff just look like, it's just like, I need to find out where I can find this in Tampa or in Atlanta or in Miami or in New Orleans or in New York or in DC or in Chicago or in LA or in Vegas, because it looks just that good. And of course, it does a little bit of other stuff where it takes you on a journey of these people and some of the stuff that they enjoy doing. And so if you are looking for a new thing to watch on, I guess you could say on Netflix that is not filled with either drama or filled with chaos or filled with murderers or filled with some scary moments. And you just want to have a vibe where you're relaxing, maybe with your significant other, maybe with your friends, maybe even solo late night, or maybe you're like, I want to whip up something new in the kitchen. Street food Latin America is for you. Thank you, Amy. Well, it's okay. so good to have Evie back on the podcast. We missed you last week, but we shout out to our friend Joe who held, held us down. And, uh, you know, Evie, since we've missed you, you got to close this out. That is not a problem. But before we close out, I just want to know, um, and maybe it might be something that Sabrina would be like, well, we're just going to edit that part out. But what was the conversation about last week? Was it just a convo with her or like was it a You didn't topic? listen to our episode? <laughs> What I am nope. so listen, I will listen to this one because I'm not on it. I will tell you that. <laughs> but I was just curious of the topic because I, you know, I, I didn't even know what we were doing last week because I was just, I, I went missing. Mm-hmm. Evie went ghost on us. Well, DB, uh, I'll give you a little teaser. We talked hot topics. To find out the hot topics, you got to listen to the episode. But of course, we shouted oh, out our friend Joe and her podcast. 
All right, I'm definitely listening. I'm actually, because um, I don't know when it's going to drop, but I'm actually, I'll actually see her this weekend um, as I travel to Atlanta this weekend. Be on and, the road again. Um, yeah, course. and then I'm going to show, I'm, some people going to get mad. And then next weekend, I'm in another state for the weekend. Shout out to my wife's birthday. So, you know. Um, yeah, so as always, lovely people, beautiful people, those who don't even think they're pretty, whatever you want to call yourselves. Aww. Just know that we at the kickback believe that everybody is created in God's image and you are beautifully, Amen. you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, but as always, if you listen to the pod, make sure you subscribe, make sure you share it to your homies. You know how you text somebody and you just say, oh, my bad. I meant to send that to somebody else. How about you do that with this podcast? Because that might encourage them to just listen, to be like, oh, snap, or you didn't want you didn't want me to listen. So just send this episode to them. Send it to your contacts. That person that you've been thinking about talking to in a while that you didn't text them good morning yet, send this to them and be like, check out my friends. I think you will enjoy this episode that they talk about traveling. If you got friends in your circle who've been fake breaking since COVID, matter of fact, they've been fake breaking since before COVID when it comes to traveling, send them this travel episode where they be like, look how they talking about traveling. You sure you don't want to be part of this? Like, let's go on a friend's trip. Let's go on a road trip. Let's figure it out. If life tries to kick you down, just make sure you kick back. Peace.